The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C dot com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we heard the first half of a sermon preached by Elder Lonnie Mazingo Jr. regarding the reason that Christ came into the world. We began to see that Jesus came not to try to accomplish the will of God, but to actually finish the work that he was sent here to do. And what was that work? That work was to save every single person that had been given to Christ before the foundation of the world by God the Father. And the good news is that he did exactly what he came to do. And because he finished the work, as we'll hear from Brother Lonnie, we are prisoners of hope, prisoners that are shut up in the stronghold of God's grace and preserved unto his second coming, and indeed throughout eternity. Join us today for the conclusion of this powerful message, Why Christ Came Into the World. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
every single one of those words and the significance of them. By the blood of thy covenant. How is it that they're gonna, these prisoners are going to escape this pit? He says, by the blood of thy covenant. It's not by the blood of your covenant. It's by the blood of God's covenant. The covenant of grace that God made with Christ before the foundation of the world on your behalf. Oh, I wish I had time to preach tonight. The covenant of grace that David referred to when he said, although my house be not so with God, yet he has made with me an everlasting covenant ordered in all things and sure, for this is all my desire, all my salvation, though he make it not to grow. That covenant of grace made on behalf of David in the person of Jesus Christ is a covenant made for you in the person of Jesus Christ as, you're, as God's elect people. By the blood of thy covenant. See, that covenant was enforced by blood. What does it take to get blood? It takes death. What does Jesus say I'm coming for? I'm coming to Jerusalem to be crucified, to be put to death. Whose blood is the blood of this covenant? It's not your blood. It's not the blood of your ancestors. Praise God, it's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the blood of that covenant, you've been sent out of that pit. And by the way, he says this, for I, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit. Do you notice the personal pronoun thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water turn ye to the stronghold ye prisoners of hope yeah. <clears throat> oh my friend that's you're, you're looking at a fellow tonight i'm a prisoner and i'm a prisoner of hope i can't get away from it praise god Amen. praise god i can't there's no there is no hope for me other than hope Amen. somebody said i wouldn't give you a dime for hope listen i'm a prisoner of it i can't get away from it I can't trust in perseverance. I'm, I, listen, you ought to persevere in holiness. You ought to strive every day to persevere in holiness. But if you have to persevere in holiness to really be one of God's children, there is no hope for me. There is no hope for me. I've been trying to reform Lonnie Mazingo Jr. for 64 years and I've failed every day. And I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of that. I'm stating a fact. One of those old timers over there in England that wrote Amazing Grace said that if the grace of God were to withdraw from me for one moment, I would revert back to the vile sinner that I was before it found me. That old carnal nature of ours is just as corrupt as it was the day you were born again. <clears throat> and it will be into the resurrection day. It will be to the day it's laid down in death. My friend, I'm a prisoner of hope. I can't get away from hope. I, I, I can't find any expectation of salvation in any religion in this world. There is no religion you can give me that I can, uh, that I can participate in that will get me to heaven. There is no moral code that you can give me. As a matter of fact, the law was my schoolmaster to teach me I can't do it. I've got to go to Christ. Do you not agree? You're a prisoner of hope. You, you, you have, a prisoner can't escape. Now this past week... My cousin's horses got out, and I got a text in the middle of the night with a picture of his horses with their snout stuck over in my neighbor's deer feeder, and he was not happy. <laughs> and I had to get up in the middle of the night and get on a four-wheeler and, and, and go out trudging through the forest looking for those horses that had escaped. And I finally found them, and with the help of another neighbor, got them back in. Lo and behold, the next night I got another text, another picture. They're out again eating up the deer plot. So I, I get them up for a while, I go back out there, I'm roaming around out in the dark, stumbling around out there, out there in the dark, injured myself in a way that prevented me from going to the Florida Fellowship meeting. I won't bore you with the details, but suffice it to say I was not happy <clears throat> with those horses. 
But I, so I get them back in. I want you to know that the third night, you, you guessed it, I got another text. And this time, I thought about getting a pistol. I didn't, but I, I, I seriously contemplated that there was going to be some horse, there was going to be some soap made the next day. But I, but I thought better of it because they weren't my horses. <clears throat> but I went out there and I, and, and, and you said, well, why'd you keep going back? Because I, I could have acted ugly and said, don't bother me with this. They're not mine. Get over it. But I, I was trying to overcome evil with good. I'm not going to tell you the things that man said to me in that text because I can't repeat it in the pulpit, but just suffice to say it was not nice. <clears throat> now, I don't blame him for being upset. He had spent a ton of money on, on buying this land, setting it up for his, deer, deer, for his you know, short window of opportunity to ambush and blow a deer away. And, I, and I, I felt sorry for him. And my horses don't know any better than to go eat his deer corn. I understand that. I understand why he says it. But I could have responded by saying, it's the middle of the night, don't bother me with this. I'll get around to it tomorrow, maybe if I feel like it. I just simply said, I'm so sorry this happened. I'll, this is the third time now. I said, I'm sorry this happened again. I'll, I'm on the way to get them. I went and got them. And this time, I put them all in the corral, which is what I should have done the first time. And I put that, the troublemaker that kept leading the rest of them off into trouble, I put him in solitary confinement. He's on hay and water rations as we speak. He's in solitary confinement on hay and water rations only. And uh, that's because I'm generous. But anyway, um, they didn't get out anymore. But here's what I want you to see about that. They escaped over and over and over because they, they found a way to get out. They kept finding a way. I spent all day repairing fence on Wednesday. I didn't tell you that part. And, 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 and uh, they still found a way to get out. Don't you know, child of God, I'm thankful to tell you tonight as a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that there's one thing that no matter how you may try to escape, you can't escape. You may, you may, listen, to some, you may listen to some legalist preacher tell you that you can persevere in holiness and you can certainly, be, uh, you can certainly uh, identify yourself with the righteous and you're going to have a star in your crown and you can swallow that for a while. But if you're a child of God and you're honest with yourself, you know what's going to happen? You're going you're gonna to find out that you can't get away from hope. You know what my hope is? <clears throat> you know what my hope is? I like what the songwriter said. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. How do these prisoners come out of this pit? By the blood of the covenant. Where do these prisoners, are, where are they to turn to? Turn ye to the stronghold. And I want to tell you something. You may disagree with me, but, there's, but I'm in a stronghold. And this is the stronghold. That if Jesus died for me, all the devils in hell can't keep me out of heaven. Amen. And if Jesus didn't die for me, there's nothing I can do to get to heaven. Amen. That's a stronghold. Amen. And I'm in it. Amen. Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Amen. I'm a prisoner. I can't get away from it. I've heard other preachers preach doctrines that sounded a lot like us. As Elder Sonny Paz used to say, they have the same vocabulary. They just have a different dictionary. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They have the same vocabulary. They sound like primitive Baptists, but they're using a different definition to the words. I, 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 I can't go off into that. Not because, not because, you say, Brother Lonnie, why not? Because there is no hope for me in that. The only hope for me is that Jesus Christ died for me. And paid for my sins. Turn you to the stronghold. I think I'm talking to some prisoners tonight. And we're happy prisoners, aren't we? Prisoners of hope. We can't get away. Can't escape.
Turn you to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Oh, my friends, I wish I had time to preach. He says, um, as, for, as for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. Turn ye to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. Oh, how great God is that he takes poor, vile sinners that deserve eternal torment. And instead, he gives them a double blessing. You remember what Isaiah said? Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people saith your God. Speak ye comfortably unto Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is accomplished. Her iniquity is pardoned. And she hath received double at the hand of the Lord for all of her sins. The Lord didn't just save you eternally. He showed you forgiveness and mercy here in time. A double blessing. Whew. Well, anyway, that's, the, that's, what the, <laughs> that's what Jesus fulfilled when he came. And came Behold, thy king cometh. When did he come? He came to fulfill that. And he did. So when he rises in Jerusalem, he doesn't come to minister. He comes to minister. <laughs> And he comes into Jerusalem and he comes for a purpose. Now, what is that purpose? In the few minutes I have left before you, I want you to reason with me for a moment. If I came here tonight, your pastor may get up and tell you why I came. Brother Abernathy may get up and tell you why I came. Some of these ministers may say, well, I, Brother Lonnie came. But if you really want to know why I really came here tonight, who, would you, who do you think you should ask? Me. It's not complicated. Don't be bashful. You know, this is, not, this is not theology 500. This is 101. Okay? That's the, that's the only class I ever stayed. I've been in that class for 64 years. This is uh, theology 101. If you want to know why I'm here, the best person to ask in this building is me. And if you want to know why Jesus Christ came to this world, who is the best person to ask that question of? That may be a dangling participle, but it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> of whom should you ask that question? I think it's the right way to say it. See, I, I'm not ignorant. I just sound ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> he says, who would you ask? If you want to know why Jesus came to this world, should you ask the theological schools of men? Should you ask the secular humanist? Should you ask the world? How about ask? The Lord Jesus Himself. He's the one. He ought to know why He came. And this is what Jesus says in John 6 44. He says, For I came down from, He, he says, and first of all, He says this He says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Amen. Now, if everybody believed that verse, we'd all be primitive Baptists. Right. All shall come to me? No, all that the Father giveth me. All right, there's a difference between all and all that the Father giveth. Not everybody's going to come to Christ. But you can rest assured that if the Father gave you to Christ, you'll come to him. And you'll come to him because he draws you by irresistible power. The irresistible power of the Holy Spirit. All that the Father giveth me might come to me. Hope they'll come to me. Working on getting them to come to me. Hope the preachers will help me out with this job. No, he said they shall come to me. Because you're, he's not depending on Preachers, I love preachers. I love them. I love to be around preachers, but I he's not dependent on them. Thank God he's not, because they're just as frail and weak. They're just dust of the earth like you and, and, and me. He did it himself. He said, all the Father gives to me shall come to me, because he uses the irresistible power of the Holy Spirit to draw that person that God gave to him to him. All the Father gives to me shall come to me, and him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out far. That word for means because. 
For I came down from heaven. Here the Lord Jesus Christ himself is going to tell you why he came. Remember what our text says? Behold, thy king cometh. Jesus is about to tell you why he came. He's already told you he didn't come to minister, to be ministered to, but to minister. But he's about to tell you what his primary mission for coming to this world, the primary mission, that he, reason he came to this world. He said, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is, he said, what is the will of the Father that said, I mean, what does God want? Does God want as many people as possible to get to heaven? We need to try to work on trying to get as many as we can, you know, wait a little longer, Jesus, till we get a few more in. Used to be a very popular song whenever I was growing up. Is that, is that what Jesus said? No, he said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will with the will of him that sent me. And this is, you don't have to wonder what God's will is. He's about to tell you what it is. This is the Father's will that of all which he hath given me, that's the elect family of God. That's the chosen in Christ. That's the ones that God gave to Christ before the world began. That of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. Now that's why Jesus came. To save everybody God gave him to save. Now if Jesus is trying to save, but sinners won't cooperate, did he get the job done? Did he fulfill the will of the Father? No. And that would make him what? A failure. But I'm happy to tell you as a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, my, my Savior is not a failure. He's a victor. He, he came to save the people that God gave him, and he got the job done. I came down from heaven not to know my own will, but the will of him that sent me, and this is the will of him that has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I shall lose nothing. I'm telling you that every single one that God gave to Christ in the covenant of grace before the world began is going to be in heaven without the loss of a single one. Praise God for that. I've never laid on my bed at night worried about somebody dying and going to hell that Jesus wanted in heaven. I know the Bible declares and I rest in the great truth that everyone Jesus died for will be in heaven with him when this life is over. So that's why he came. He came to save and not lose one of them. That's why he came. And the gospel declares that he came and he saved his people from their sins. And not one of them is lost. Right? Now, I'm going to give you one last one and then I'm going to let you go home because I know you got to go to work tomorrow. And all that, all that fun stuff you got waiting on you out there in the world. So I'm going to give you one last one. Whenever Jesus comes into Jerusalem, there's a man named Zacchaeus. He's a man of short stature, probably one of my kinfolk. He's a man of short stature, and he can't see over the crowd, so he climbs up into a tree. And Jesus sees him up in the tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. This day salvation has come into thy house. And the Lord goes home with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus puts out this big meal. And back in those days, whenever you had a big meal for a guest, people would come off the street and participate and they would watch and observe, especially because it was Jesus that was, that was the guest of honor. And uh, the Bible tells us that uh, Jesus is, is in his home and Zacchaeus uh, says this to him, if I've done somebody wrong, I restore it. He starts listing all of, it, all of the things that he's done that he's trying to do right. He's trying to, he's trying to you know, promote himself in the Lord's sight. And what did the Lord say? Well, I came to seek and to save all those good people like Zacchaeus. 
You know what Zacchaeus was? He was a publican. He was not a Republican. <laughs> he was a publican. A publican had the responsibility of collecting taxes for the Roman government. They were despised. Remember what the Lord said, do. If you try to reconcile with the brother and he won't reconcile with you and you've taken it to the church, he said, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. You know what, you know what that means? It means whenever you see him coming, avoid him. If you've gone through those steps in Matthew 18 and he won't even listen to the church, whenever you see him coming, avoid him. Because you cannot settle the matter. Let him be unto thee, not to the church, but unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Whenever the Jews saw heathens or publicans coming down the road, they went to the other side of the street. They hid themselves. They avoided because if the publican saw them, they'd stop them and say, hey, by the way, you owe so-and-so. All right? That's the kind of man this man is. But you know what the Lord said? He said, this day is salvation come to this house. He said, because I didn't come to seek and to save the righteous. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Aren't you so thankful that at some point in your life, the Lord sought and saved you? Where were you when he found you? David said, he found me in a waste howling wilderness and in a desert place. I can tell you, there's some of you in this congregation maybe like John the Baptist. You can't remember when the Lord found you because he found you in the womb like John the Baptist. Other people might be like Saul of Tarsus. You can remember a time whenever you were openly defying the God of heaven and hate, hate, hateful of Christian people and the Lord made a dramatic change in your life. You may be like many of the people that the Lord found that weren't looking, that weren't expecting to be found the day they were found, like the woman at the well. You remember the woman that came to draw water? And who's sitting there? The Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that Jesus was sitting at that well because he said, we must needs go through? Why did he, must he needs go through Samaria? Because there was a woman that he, that he was going to be waiting for at that well. Jesus Christ came to seek and save. Do you think that anybody that he came to seek and save is going to be eternally lost? No way. It cannot happen. Because if it did happen, he would not have been God in the flesh. He would have been like you and me. He would have been just dust, frail dust that fails. I start off tonight by telling you that I can't count the number of times I've failed the Lord. But I'm happy, to, I'm happy to tell you that I'm able to, I came here tonight, I came here tonight not to talk about me. I came here tonight to proclaim a victorious Savior that's never failed. Who, shall, who did not fail, who shall not fail, nor be discouraged. There have been times when I succeeded at something, but temporarily I was discouraged before I got to success. The Lord wasn't even discouraged about what he did. He knew the certainty of what he would accomplish. Anyway, i got to wrap this up somewhere, so I'll wrap it up right here. Jesus came into this world, the king of Israel. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, and I'm happy to, declare you, to tell you, to declare to you tonight that the gospel message is he saved his people from their sins. Not one of them is lost. So that when he stands before his father at the end of time, with all the resurrected 
saints, the elect family of God, he will say, behold. You know what that word behold means, don't you? You remember? Behold, I. Now, in English grammar, I was taught years ago, you always put other people first and yourself last. That's true about you. But when you're God, you put yourself first. <laughs> behold, I and who? Everybody that gave their heart at a tent revival, everybody the preachers reached, everybody we could. No, behold, I and the children which thou hast given me. Amen. Won't that be a wonderful day? Amen. Can't you just see it by faith right this moment? Your beloved Savior standing before his father said, they're all here. There are none lost. Everyone you gave is here, Lord. I did what you sent me to do. Behold, thy king came into this world to save his people from their sins, and he did it. And there's one last thing for you to behold. You need to behold at every moment of every day of your life the truth that he's coming back. He's coming again. Why is he coming again? He's coming to claim that which you purchased the first time at Calvary. He's coming to claim the bodies of the saints. He's come to claim his elect people from the four quarters of the earth. He'll say to the north, give up, and to the south, hold not back. Bring my sons and daughters from afar. Bring every one of them up, and we'll all go up together. You know how I know we'll go up together? Because Paul told us we're going together. He said, we which alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. May God bless you. I love you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.